So, here we are with podcast number two. Wow. Looks like most of the feedback from the first one was pretty positive. Nearly half of the respondents said yay to about 15% rubbish, with the rest either confused, non-committal, and a big chunk on dialogue. Yeah, 12 and a half meg for 30 minutes of us waffling on. I guess that's a bit much for dialogue types, so sorry guys. Actually, why the hell am I apologising to them? They'll never hear this. Dial-up sucks. Get a proper internet connection. Um, actually, we did have some people taking the time to download the first episode by dial-up. Oh, sorry. Um, glad to have you guys. Looking through the logs, we've had several hundred downloads of the podcast from all over. Europe, Scandinavia, North America, Australia. So basically, it's their fault that we've recorded another. Yeah, but this isn't a full podcast. It's just a quick companion piece to update you about a few developments we've had in the meantime. So last podcast we said a few things about RiskOS software and bemoaned the lack of certain applications. But a few of you emailed in to set us straight about one or two things. Firstly about the audio editing software, there is an application that will work on everything including 32-bit RiskOS. SampleEd, which was a Drobe 2004 Best Software nominee, was written by Richard Windley and is available to download from Interweb. However, the web page does warn that it has not been thoroughly tested and may well crash your computer. Also, it doesn't do multi-line editing that came in very useful when putting together the first podcast. We also heard from Stuart Stewie Brooks about some panorama software called Photostitch. But unfortunately, this was hosted on an Argonet website and we had a bit of a job getting hold of a copy. But get one we did, and it did a fairly good job at merging multiple hold of a copy. But get one we did, and it did a fairly good job at merging multiple images together. It doesn't correct for lens distortion, however, which is pretty common on PC offerings. Depending on your source images, you may find it does the job, though, so try and hunt down a copy. As for voice over IP, nothing yet, although I did notice that Stum, encrypted voice over IP, has been released as a cross-platform open-source project. It's written in Python, which we all have installed on our Rescos machines, right? So hey, that should be simple enough to get working, right? Maybe not. So how's the virtual Vigay coming along? Oh, mate, I think it's broken. It seems to object to being run on a Microsoft machine. No, I don't want to be in your stupid podcast. Go away. So it looks like we're going to have to audition a replacement for him just for this episode. That sounds terrible. Next. Hi, I'm Paul Vigay. Next. Crop circles are a natural phenomenon. No. <laughs> Keep moving. Windows drives me crazy. Oh, mate, even a traditional comedy montage isn't helping here. Come on, Virtual Vigay. Hey? Mate, I'm afraid our lines are very busy at the moment. Please leave a message and we'll try to get back to you as soon as possible. Oh, well, I suppose we better go to the news. Castle has revamped its range of Ionics PCs, with prices starting from 799 of your English pounds. First up is the Aria Cube, the low-cost, compact, quiet, entry-level machine. Which is obviously going for a song. Well, either that or they're named after a Bond star. There's also the X300 Mini Tower and dual-layer DVD options. Spellings Computer Services Limited are celebrating 10 years in the risk-loss marketplace. As a result, they're offering free domain names and reduced prices on web hosting. So, check it out. RiskScript 5 has been released. The RiskOS answer to Adobe Acrobat now supports clipping and is fully 32-bit compatible. You can buy it online at www.riskscript.nl. Um, I think the kids are saying triple dub now, mate. Tell that to Bruce Forsyth. Maybe we should do something on Microdigital. But if we do, we'd have to mention about you trying to buy one 
and I don't want to embarrass you, mate. What about the darkening the door? I just find it funny. I mean, you actually bought one, and it never turned up. So you asked for a refund. Yeah, the the refund that I never got. And they told you never to contact them again. Um, Robin Hounsom has released remote drivers and app for the more recent Pinnacle Rave PCI TV cards. This is for the later versions of the cards, which don't work with Simon Wilson's program PCI TV. And finally, Riskworld have released a DVD of their entire back catalogue. It contains all the articles on software from the first five years of the DISMAG. The software alone must be worth at least ten times the price. Are they mad? And so on to the features. It better be worth it, this. What do you mean, it might be worth it? It's not like it costs you anything, is it? No, apart from a Mac that you uh, maintained that you didn't buy just to do this. Mr. Oh, I'm not going to buy a Mac just to be silly <laughs> on the internet. So what did you buy this week? I bought a Mac. <laughs> yes, um, what are you doing with it now? I'm being silly on the internet. Yes. <laughs> I didn't really want to mention this in the first podcast, in case it looked like we were just going to use this medium to bash rivals. But Drobe recently had a news article on the fact that someone had put a stick of Acorn User Rock on eBay. That's a type of sweet, not a lump of stone for our foreign listeners. Must have been a slow news day. But you know the really sad part? I was at that show. I actually got a stick of that rock at the back of my desk drawer. Anyone know how much it went for on eBay? Anyone? I've got some Acorn mugs and a clown sweatshirt too. Yeah, I've got an Acorn mug that came with the computer and a Repton 3 mug from eBay and uh, even had a fluffy acorn blob with goggly eyes until it got sucked up the vacuum cleaner Oh man, a fluffy acorn with goggly eyes I think I'm jealous And unfortunately I ate my acorn mints I'm also highly annoyed that I peeled off the cheesy 32-bit power transfers from my A3010 Has anyone still got those stuck on, do you think? Probably not First thing I usually do when I get a new computer is pick all that sort of thing off Memorabilia that I really want is a cuddly Repton and an Acorn credit card that they were sending out once, I think. Yeah, although I doubt they're legal tender anymore. When they expired, it'd be in 1999 or something. Well, you could say that for Riscos generally. <laughs> oh, <laughs> controversial. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got a Risk Station keyring and an A6 Riscos 3.1 ROM keyring too. And at one show, John Cartmore's flogging little bears that were dressed up to look like Riscos celebrities. Ooh, ooh, we could do some Paul Vigay ones. They'd sell like hotcakes. Also, I've kept all my Acorn and Acorn user show carrier bags, and probably all the leaflets in them too. Yeah, I've had a bit of a clear out recently, and I managed to get rid of a lot of my older machines. And yet somehow I've still managed to end up with four copies of Elite, despite the fact I've got nothing to play them on. I mean, who is that much of an Elite nut? Hello, uh, this is Simon Challenge, uh, doing my little bit of talking about Elite for latest cast. Um, where to begin? I first played Elite uh, when I was eight years old, when it first came out, back in 1984, and uh, I got it for Christmas that year. I remember seeing adverts for it and getting quite excited and nagging my parents. It seemed to be the first ever game that actually inspired my imagination and has done more than any other since. Uh, it was the first ever one where it's instead of pretend you're stopping some aliens dropping down the screen, you actually are flying around the universe. So uh, that was the exciting thing about it. And back in my early years, I was very keen, although I do remember dragging in my mum to uh, do all the trading records and so on for me, so I couldn't be bothered with the highlights from the early years. I remember getting an elite birthday cake once, as it's all drawn on the top. 
I've played it a lot and uh, played it at school rather a lot and played with everyone. And the biggest surprise was after a few years when I finally upgraded the disc version was getting the first of the missions and that was a bit of excitement that I've never experienced in any game before or since because I've obviously been playing Elite for a while then and I had no idea that missions existed. Completely out of the blue. And uh, really quite excited about that. But I think it was a long time before after that before I actually found the constrictor. Going on to uh, on the Ark. Ark Elite first came out. Back for Christmas that year. All the excitement over again. And uh, a lot more confusion as I got used to trying to play it with the mouse. And the website, which uh, came about when I was at university trying to think of an HTML to do, just to poke around the internet for the first time and thought I'd give it a go and put together my elite site as an experiment more than anything else. And then that's wandered around since and I was very pleased one day when I was about to pack up from the university and said the site should be going. And Ian Bell, one of the co-authors obviously of David Braden, came along and offered to look after it for a while. Final exciting instalment of Elite was uh, Elite A, uh, Angus Duggan's modification to the BBC original BBC B version. Now you could buy different ships, amongst other things. So quite a lot of time back on that, although I've moved on to having to use an emulator to run any BBC stuff by then, since my Beeb seems to have died since the last time I tried to use it. Oh, there we have it. A game that, well, I don't think there's been anything which has given quite the excitement and Put you into a universe here, you are do what you like ever since, even if there's a great deal you can do in it. So, cheers, anyway. Bye. Thanks, Simon. Simon. Now on to letters. Someone recently wrote to us on an unrelated matter, saying... Sorry to ask you some more stupid questions, but I'm developing a new program and want to keep it under wraps for fear of ridicule from the more intimidating developers on the platform. Obviously it doesn't actually sound like that. That was voiced by an actor to preserve the anonymity of the individual involved. Unfortunately not the actor. Now it's come up on the site before how high-profile developers especially should or shouldn't be allowed to say certain things because losing them would harm Riscos. But how many smaller developers, especially those just starting out, are being put off by people on Usenet or whatever? I hope that our forums are still a little better than Usenet in this respect. Apart from the playpen, which is supposed to be a free-for-all. It comes with warnings and everything. But still, anyone else feel this? Let us know if you have an opinion, or keep it anonymous if you wish. Yeah, because there's a bit of a anti-basic brigade as well, isn't there? There is a bit, but I mean, I program in basic all the time. I like it, it does the job. And if I wanted to do anything more complicated, I'd, well, probably ask somebody else to do it. <laughs> I did used to write everything in basic, and uh, I've moved over to C now, but yeah, it's, it's where I started, I guess. Yeah, everyone has to start somewhere, and basic is a good starting point. Actually, there was, I think on Compsy's sake, on games, and someone was asking ideas on how to start programming a board game that they wanted to write, and I think it was John Cartmel who suggested, oh, you could use App Basic for this, and then one of the high-profile, intimidating developers on the platform shouted this down and said, oh no, that's not right, and then the uh, developer in an afternoon produced <laughs> the, the game, and uh, I think it turned into a tutorial in Quirkus. Nice. So there you go. There's no such thing as a stupid question, just stupid answers. So if you're thinking about developing your own software, just give it a go. Don't let anybody put you off. Maybe what we need is a good document 
for people who know BASIC to move on into learning C. Yeah, that could be a real help. If anybody's got any suggestions on that matter, um, drop us a line. We want your input. If you have anything to say, you can email us at news at com or hit the forums. Or we can reveal our telephone number. Yes, we have a London office. Well, a Skype voicemail box anyway. The number is 020-7193-3202. Or for overseas listeners, that's plus 44 You just know that's going to get abused, don't you? Probably, but then we might still end up using it in the show anyway. Right, well, if Virtual Vige is on strike, I guess we'll have to go to his understudies for the phone number and email address. 020-7193-3202 Or if you're overseas... Plus 44-20-7193-3202 And by email... Newsaticonfora.com You know, I quite like those, especially the phone girls. Maybe we won't need Virtual Vige after all. Hey? So call in. Questions, corrections, feedback, abuse, whatever. Hello? Hello? Ignore him, he'll go away. We had a great response to Jason Trebek's contribution last time out, both the theme tune and interview, so we've managed to get hold of some of the music that should be appearing in Equinox. So until next time, that's your luck. Cue the music. Hey, that's my bit. Outtakes. Yeah, I was looking at trying to get a 12-inch one, um, just a cheap oh, sort of... Thank you, pardon. <laughs> yeah, go smaller. Oh, right. I thought you were talking about, like, a girlfriend or something, but that was definitely just crazy talk. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Lost the train of thought now. 
stopped at the station, got off for a packet of fags, and it went on without me. Um, um, unless oh, you're supposed to be saying something here. Are they going for a song joke? Yeah, because then that makes you look more professional than me, an idiot. <laughs> Which is about right. right so I've got to try and do it when the wind isn't blowing either, and and step across the lawn and not step in the uh, fox poo. Are we? Uh, are you outside? This yeah. Right, podcast two. Are, are you going to say electric boogaloo? Who keeps downloading this? <laughs> Stop now, we won't have to do another one. Basically it's their fault, we've got another. No, there is another. <laughs>